Hey guys, this is Eddie Beveridge. I play Philip on Outsiders. You're currently listening to Bleed TV. Not only the best, but my favorite podcast out there. Hey everybody, this is Jay Adams. Stunt double for Ryan Hurst. And you're listening to Bleed TV Podcast. Hey, this is Barrett Hackney. I play Butch on Outsiders. You're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. This is Tina. I play Sherman on Outsiders. And you're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. Hi, this is Lori Clatcher. I play Emily. We're listening to Bleed TV Podcast. Hey, this is Tariq Lowe. I play James on Outsiders, and you're listening to Bleed TV Podcast. Yeah! This is Rebecca Harris. I play Letta on Outsiders, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. This is Mark Jeffrey Miller. I play Craig on The Outsiders, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast of today's best shows and movies. I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And tonight we have Outsiders. I think this was 211, The, the run? run. The yeah. Run. The Run, yeah. Nobody was running down that hill, but there was a run. Yes. And, and a walk. I mean, we were probably walking down the hill. Stroll. Let's go with the stroll. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm going to get right to it, dude, and say probably my favorite episode this season. Maybe ever. I mean, it's definitely a top three episode of the series, i got to say. <clears throat> I've never had a, an episode of Outsiders that has kept me guessing or on the edge of my toes or the edge of my seat, whatever you want to call it, and then to have a dynamic ending to just blow you away. This this was the culmination of episodes. Yeah, and a completed ending, not a cliffhanger or anything. Well, you know, maybe not a cliffhanger, but a hanger. Yeah, definitely a hanger. Bad <laughs> pun, yeah. Um, so I, I was really impressed. I mean, IMDB where they have that at nine, one or something, 9.1 highest um, uh, rated episode of the season. And yes, obviously I'm going to agree with that. Absolutely. And you know, something else on right now, before we're even talking, I'm already on a contact high because we just got through talking to Jim or James McCauley, guy who plays Matt Myers on the show. Absolutely hilarious. This guy. I mean, one of the character. First, <laughs> I mean, a character. Completely different than his character. And uh, that just shows how good of a job he's doing acting on the show. Guys, when y'all listen to this interview we post up, you're going to be really surprised. This guy is such a laid-back <laughs> character. I mean, really, really, really kind of a twist on what we kind of expected. To be yeah. Yeah. Um, so really, really enjoyable. So check that out as well. If you're listening to this, it was a great interview. Gave some insight, gave a little tidbit, a little Easter yeah, egg. Yeah, I mean, he future. gave us some, uh, exactly right. We used the word Easter egg and he gave us a little, a little juicy gift. tidbit there. Yeah, so, uh, worth the listen. Um, so this episode, I just want to get right into it. I mean, it starts off with a bang. We got Haley Grimes, Francie Swift. Great job. Yep. Uh, moment of silence for Francie. Man, we're going to miss her. Yeah, we, I mean, we really are. And who would have thought we would have ever said that? I know it, dude. I, I mean, know it. I what, know last it. year we were over here bashing her, how we hated her. Oh, that was her. the witch. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's no doubt. But We renamed her the witch, and then uh, we're over here like, are, are we sure we just Man, saw what happened? rest in peace. Uh, God, it's terrible. Uh, just... Anyway, we'll get that to the end, but she comes out to the show, you know, guns blazing. This is the end of your career right here with her two mason yep. jars. Uh, I, man, and came Matt in Myers with confidence and on his heels, you know, he was backpedaling or back scooting. Yeah. Uh, this is how you start off an episode. Yes. Getting with it. You know, a missing else. person just come in storming like I wasn't missing I'm right yeah. here. <laughs> Found, you know, <laughs> um, 
But you know the co- cool thing about this whole scene was when she steps outside and Stash is trying to get her to come talk. You notice they're having this conversation, and there's at least ten people who walk in and out in this door in front of mm-hmm. them while they're having the conversation. Anywhere else, you never see this on screen. No, like you might see him be parallel with them, but not just walking straight through their literally line of view. blocking the view of the of the actor it's intermittently fantastic. through it. Realism. Realism, realism, realism. There is two or three scenes in this episode where you can tell they went the extra mile in detail to show you things that so many other shows forget. It is that quality perspective that they bring to the show. It's just a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, so it's something that's like people might be like, all right, get the hell out the way so I can see Francie talk. But the reality of it is, is that they don't that know was they're... accurate. Yeah. That was real. They don't know if this is a real conversation or just two people getting back together trying to see how yeah, they've been. You just, you, you, you just, mm-mm. you know. I, I, it's a nice attention to detail, like you said, that not many shows would pay attention to. Right. Haley Grimes' character, stuff like that, you know, you're going to be in jail. You're going to be this. I mean, she had some good You know, like when we had the interview, uh, you know, Jim was like, you know, when you're kind of the bad guy or you're doing your thing, you get these opportunities to have these great one-liners or great lines. And Haley Grimes brings it. You know, and really, really impressed with the opening of this yeah. episode. So, what did you think they use water in that water container? Because it was definitely looking. You know, the water didn't look as cloudy as I thought it might, but then again, it shouldn't. So, I was happy that it wasn't. It was. It, it was close to clear. I mean, it didn't look cloudy as much as it looked brown. Right, and then the soil, you know, looked like jet black potting soil. You mm-hmm. know, um, so. I was fine with it, you know. I mean, when but here's the other thing. When I think of dirt, you know, light brown, more dirt, you know what I mean, like that. Mm-hmm. That kind of seemed more like a, a potting mix. But then again, if it was the fertile soil that was supposed to be for your, you know, your crops and stuff, I, I thought it was cool. I thought the darker it was, the better. It had more dramatic yeah. flair. Cause you in still your associate mind, black with exactly in your mind. You're thinking like and... black is you know death, you know. <laughs> um, you know, but I got to tell you, this was the beginning of the Robodope for me. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, she comes in guns blazing as a good guy, and it just never picked up on me that until close to the end that they did all this just to make her death more dramatic. Yeah. I you think know? it was definitely just to add a little bit more drama um, and just give her the full redemption story. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, a stash <laughs> comes, comes into matt's office mm-hmm. and you know what was that all about you know great job by thomas it's just you know playing this coy this, you know uh, innocent little boy asking questions i'm lost can you help me where i'm going yes, and it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. hey was that girl talking about me who's sitting at the cafeteria table two tables over kind of conversation did she say she like the stash or should i keep it like yeah. what, what do i need I to know mean, it was another example you know of the actor bringing it to the table and like we said we saw matt character you know, kind of on his heels a little bit. And he's like, what, what, what'd she say? What'd she say? You know? And it was kind of a little comical to me, you know? Um, I thought it was neat. I thought it was good. Um, best line stash walking up. Can I get you some beat? Can I drink? You want a cup of coffee? coffee? You know, know, I'm just just like giving him everything. Childish grin he had on his face. Oh yeah. I I, I just laid back in my chair and I was chuckling pretty good. (laughs) Uh, the, the, see, cause I makes me wonder, was this improv? You know I think I mean? that had to be improv because there's no way like they're just sitting there like, you know what? Let's make sure he has one or two things as he's walking out the door. Yeah. Well, you know, when we talk to a uh, Jim about the show, you're like, they, evidently they do 
multiple cuts. And not just because it was a bad take or anything. They just want different uh, tries at it yeah, and see what feels different better. Different options here. Mm-hmm. You know, what seems more organic, what seems real. And I can – can you imagine yeah. sitting there and watching these two dynamic guys banter back and forth with these lines with a little bit of improv and see what comes up? Oh, yeah. And then having to make the choice of what was the best for TV? Not a decision I would envy. No. No, no, no. So, because, I mean, you know, like, they're going back and forth being really petty. And, I mean, Stash is, like, extra petty. Yes, yes. He, he, he loves doing a little bit of the salt action after he's already cut you. Yes, there, there's no doubt. So, we kind of, we cut back up to the mountain. And they're rationing water. And my man, Eddie, Philip, the yeah. character. Good old Philip. Great A asshole. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. They kind of turned the tide to where he is fitting into the shoes of the old Big Foster. Well, I mean, he's not necessarily fitting into the shoes just because Big Foster has turned back onto his dark side. I, I wouldn't say he's turned fully back yet. I think we're getting there. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to make this commitment and he keeps getting shot down. But I think that Eddie's character, you know, Philip. He's kind of stepping up his game. Of, oh, yeah. I'm trying to be an enforcer. I'm trying to be a badass. And he's doing a good job at it. Um, On that but, part, I agree with you 100% because. Th- yeah. And so this whole this whole bickering and arguing and fighting over water was kind of it was kind of a shock to me. It was not something I was expecting to see them do for the show. Um, I could see them, you know, fighting, you know, over the water and stuff. But doing all the name calling and. You know, the whole it's dry and. What'd you do with all of it? She had a jar in her hand, yeah. for Christ's sake. It wasn't you know? even full. Like, you know, it's still like three, and then you swords. drop it and break it. I was like, Give, come on. You know, and then even Craig gets in there and gets involved. What's his skinny tail going to do? Come on, man. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, he's a great man of words and wisdom. Da, 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 he's know? more of the whistleblower. You know, you put two pinkies <laughs> in each, each side and just let that now, rip. I'm not saying Mark is not a formidable <laughs> foe. For all you know, you know, he's Miyagi of the of this entire Very thing. Very true, but Eddie's a big guy. Yeah, and, and he's kind uh, of swole. Kind of swole. So. I wouldn't want to be the one trying to take him down. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then we also get a little scene where you see the Brennan Gwen, and she's you know picking up some grain and talking to Emily, uh, you know about. And I thought this was a cool little line where she was like, "Well, some people probably took more than they should, fearing yeah. what we got coming ahead." You know, and I thought this was another example of one of those really realistic moments to throw in the writing. People would overlook to try to save for more time for advertising, to try to put more into emphasis of your bigger characters. And this was a good scene to really, really show the desperation of the community, of the family. And Are you shocked at the level of desperation? Because, I mean, we just kind of talked about it a little bit, but last episode, we got a tour of the mountain. You know, we see him happily interacting and everything. And then just one small little thing, and we're already each other's throats. It was a little quick because, I mean, like, they went from happy hunky-dory to we're completely out of water. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm assuming that this is the next day or the next morning. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know. It didn't draw me so much as a big concern. You know, they made a big deal of it quick. But mm-hmm. I think they kind of had to for what the episode needed to deliver. So I didn't really have an issue with it. Um, now, I do have issue later with the whole water thing, and I'll explain that. But, okay. Um, but I was fine with it. Like I said, I went back to that whole, you know, the grain and the talking. Yeah. I thought that was all really, really good. No, I mean, I thought that was fantastic. Because like you said, it gave us an explanation that we didn't know we wanted. 
and they gave it to us wrapped up with a bow, you know, right, right off the bat. And I thought that was well done. Right. Um, there was this, you know, just a little bit later, but I'm going to stay on top of the mountain. Big Foster gets to talking to Gwen and we get this huge snapback with the, you know, I know that your baby, you know, you done told me a hundred times right. and she goes ahead and cuts this man at the knees. Oh yeah. And says, you, you know, you are not going to make up for your sins as a father with this new innocent child. You will never be around this child. You will never be a part of this child's life. Da, da, da. You know, I'm sorry. If this is your big bad protector and he's been doing all your dirty work for you here lately and so on. You and cut him some slack. Well, not only that, but the reality of it is, is that he's going to be around. Yeah. I, you can, the, Her comments are almost a little too brash. I can you know what I mean? What are you going to do? Tell him that he has to go live in a hut way outside the community when you have the baby? Especially since he has the biggest enforcers behind him. And yeah. so... He's a necessary commodity. Which you've stated, and you can't really double back on your word now to kick him out. Right. So, I mean, yeah, you bring up a really good point that I wasn't thinking about. I, I was really hoping maybe they would... This is one of those times where I was like, I would rather her be talking about that don't ever plan on trying to be its father mm-hmm. to say you'll never be around it, never touch it, all that kind of stuff. I really kind of feel like that's a little much, but it I maybe, think it was just trying to emphasize the point to get him to go back to the dark yeah. because you saw how his reaction was and you see him laid back in that chair moments yeah, later. In the very the next gun. scene we see him, uh, passed yeah. out, hammered right. drunk, you know, uh, but is he, you know, cause he stands up and he looks lucid. And so this was something I was confused about. I was going to get your opinion on it. Do you do you think he was sitting there drunk, or do you think he was just sitting there contemplating, trying to cool off from being pissed off, knowing that he's never going to be a part of a child, which he kind of thinks is his? I mean, I'm thinking he's waking up with you know a slight hangover. Like maybe, there was an empty cup right next. Yeah, to him. you know, with pretty much you know, an empty bottle. Exactly. So, so I mean, I, mean, I think he's like, I think he was awake by the time they got there, but he was still finishing up the sobering up act. Two and two heads. Yeah. Four. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Now, when Big Foster leaves, Little Foster... Magically appears. In the shadows. Yeah. Stealth Little Foster. You know, I, we, we deal with this a lot with Walking Dead, where you just have walkers who yeah. just stealthily come up right beside you and eat your face off. But uh, Ryan Hurst is a pretty big guy. Do, do we feel like... It was necessary to make it look like he'd been sitting there watching her? No. I mean, I think we could have gotten the same effect with him knocking on the front door and just barging in or something. Yeah. Or the door's open and he's standing at it. Yeah. And he overhears the conversation. You know what I'm saying? And, like, Big Foster kind of shoulder charges him out of the way as they're walking out and stuff. Right. So, I'm just... uh, It was kind of a curious decision. Mm -hmm. I wasn't mad at it, but I was curious about it. I thought they had a really good conversation. You know, he breaks it down as... I've done the math, which I'm over here. You can't spell, and we're, and we're doing math. Like, <laughs> good job. Well, you know, he's like, I'm counting the days. That's my my baby, you know. Um, and I was happy that they went ahead and determined this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you would never really know unless the baby came out with long white hair and looked grizzly. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? I mean, come on. You know yeah. what I mean? That's not going to happen. So, I mean, there's no way you could say definitively. So, I'm happy they went ahead and answered the mystery. Are you happy that they always brought Asa up as a possibility? I thought so. It's legitimate. I mean, I know it's legitimate, but it was just a little confusing since he's had the end of his show. Like, at no point in time did I really think it was Asa's. 
Yeah, well, I think since they killed his character off, making his making the baby Asa's baby didn't have any probative value for future story. Yeah. You know, and so I never really considered him as a possibility unless they were going to do something to say that this was the rebirth or, you know, this is his legacy. You yeah, know. But, but I just didn't see it. Yeah, because that would have put the show in such a long time commitment. Yeah, you'd have, do like, some, you'd have to do some heavy jumps. 15 sometime. years later, it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, he's no. He's a teenager, <laughs> you know, come on. So, yeah, I didn't. I never considered him being as part of the group, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, they go through this whole plan thing of, you know, we're going to go down there, we're going to make a scene, we're going to make a distraction. I didn't like this plan at all. You know, it was funny to me is is that, you know, the plan at first, when I first heard it, from her point of view, I did not like it either. That she's like, we're going to go down there, we're going to tell her my plight. Mm-hmm. And little Foster was like, you know, you're wasting your time. That's black, that's darkness, da-da-da-da. And then, you and know. she tore into him in that sentence. It did. But then she's like, well, you know, we're going to have a distraction. This way. So it goes ahead and tell you that out of the plan she had, you know, it wasn't so it wasn't so much of the plea of the people, but more or less I'm going to be a distraction, you know? So it shifted gears. Yeah. Um, I was just surprised that she was completely okay with them carrying guns and going down there to rob stores. Yeah. I have no idea how she was okay with them having guns. That didn't quite fit into her normal, but she has become more and more. Well, I mean, her suggesting a raid was highly against her normal. So, Agreed. I mean, I guess if you're going to go against it, you might as well double down. I mean, it is a double down. Yeah. Um. So when her verbal version of the story, I was like, eh. I still didn't like the plan because, you know, you're trying to have this plea, get recorded and have sympathy on your side. And you're going to be telling the story while you're robbing them of their stores. Now, granted, you're only taking bottled water and flour, but. I like, agree. That sends a bad message. It's like, oh, like you, you tricked us, you know? Exactly. You know, and so it is kind of interesting that, you know, you're you're pitching one thing, but the reality of it is you're doing something other. Mm-hmm. So it's very deceitful. Does she have the right considering what they've done? What have those people in the town done to her? Nothing. What have the people at the store owners done? Nothing. You know, so it's, I mean, you're it causing kinda, you're kind of creating more problems than you're helping. I mean, a lot more problems because then they're going to want to hire extra security. Which is extra money out of their pocket. You're causing damages. Our customers going to feel safe. I mean, well, then somebody gets killed next time you go down there. Yeah, on site. You're not even there, and you you know, and pow pow. Or Hassel takes a bullet because he's just a feral. Well, I mean, he's not really feral. Cons- well, nobody else them. Knows that, Yeah. You know, so, uh, speaking of Hassel, we get the whole Sally and we got a talk speech. You know. Yeah, you know, I was expecting it's like, hey, you know, you need a massage. You... How about the bag of ice TLC? Yeah, what you had on me. Yeah, you know, some... great fight, honey. Last night, your face looks like meatloaf. <laughs> Here's Let's some biofreeze. Yeah, I mean, come on. Instead, you're worried about your dough. Uh, you know, which I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm okay with that. But it just it was kind of funny that he's laying there. Yeah. And he's beat to a pulp a little bit, and you know, the money doesn't add up. Yeah, wake, wake him up with a little bit something happier than, yeah, like you said, I, the money going <laughs> out. <laughs> yes. I, oh gosh, this was such a good scene where she's 
talking to Butch and Frida I love about how getting just shorted. Immediately transitioned over to that, like no travel time or anything. It's yeah, like, it's like be careful with right what you're it. saying. You know, this is starting to sound like an accusation. Yeah, <laughs> well, let me it, go ahead and tell you, yeah. it is an accusation. Yeah, another great line. You know, this episode had a bunch of them. It really, really did. And so the part I hated about this is: is this the end of Butch and Frida? Oh man, I hope not. It better not be. I straight up text Barrett Hackney, who plays Butch, mm-hmm. and he's like, you just have to wait and see. And I was like, you ass. Man. You, you need to tell me, yeah. man. The place ain't the same without Butch around. No, he's too good of an actor, and I really don't think that it is. I'm totally seeing him coming in to save the day somehow, mm-hmm. doing something, being a loyal friend. Because at the end, when Hass looks at him and goes, I thought you were my friend, and gets between them. Yeah. You know, I was just like, well, I mean, I just loved how he was, like, charging him, trying to come up with all these charges and stuff. Yeah, he's like, you know, I bought the food, the donuts. You <laughs> ate three out of the you four You only donuts. bought four, and you ate three of them. And it was yeah. just like. And then he he's like, you know, I got to get these hormones. I'm trying to give a girl a dream. <laughs> da, da, da. He goes, and she was like, that's even sounding pathetic, yeah. you know. <laughs> She's like, don't don't bring me into this. I did nothing. Yeah, you know, pay him what you owe him. Yeah. You know? um, and I love how she takes him. He's like. I'll give you back whatever's left, if there is any. And I was like, there's no more money, Butch. No, there's not. So. Hope she hasn't come back. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, – it was a great scene delivery and in exchange, but I hated it because I don't want to yeah, see we the could Butch put, and Frida thing disappear. We could potentially lose two great characters on the show. Oh, God, that would be devastating to me. And I just don't see it. I don't think that there's any way. I'm with you. And if they do, we write. Yeah. You know, damn them, but hey, you better I mean, bring my man back. Don't make us write on back-to-back weeks. Yeah, exactly. So, shortly after that, we see Sally Ann and Hassel. She's feisty. She's not afraid to speak her piece. And oh. she talks to promoter like, I'm his new management, and this is what we're going to do, and I want this, and we want guaranteed money. Yep. I Up mean, front. that's kind of uh, ballsy. Yeah. I mean, that's franchise player. You know, that's you know, some NFL stuff right there. Okay, as soon as he said... I have another Pharaoh. I have another Pharaoh. I was like, what? Come on. But we've met just about everybody. Yeah. And then we go, we I see... Was, you know, the first thing that my mind is, is like, Eddie's down here moonlighting. Oh, I mean, my... <laughs> it has a little hope Eddie never finds out about this. Yes. Um, so, he comes in there, and I mean... Did you see these childish tattoos on this I mean, imposter? It, One looked like Barney the dinosaur was on his back. It didn't even look like a Sharpie. It looked like a uh, kid's birthday wish. Like, hey, I want to draw makeup for a TV show. It and we awful. gave it to that. It was awful. And I loved that it was awful. Like, I, yeah, I thought I think that it was, was on purpose. Point. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I thought the drawings were awful, but I think it was cool that they did that. I mean, Hassel taking this off his head in one smook punch. Whoo! I'm talking smooth. Out. Then, hey, cousin. I ain't your cousin. cousin. <laughs> I know. And the dude tried to play it off perfectly. Like, I mean, he was going smooth. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a feral. Don't worry about me. And I thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah. It was a fantastic it, scene. And then, like, just they don't even look at him as they walk out. It was like yeah. a cool bomb explosion. Yeah. Just keep walking. Don't forward. don't leave. Don't yeah. leave. Yeah. Um so he went ahead and set the set the platform that yeah he'll be around for Fight oh, yeah. Club you know you know second rule first rule don't talk about Fight Club you know <laughs> third rule is get the guaranteed money yes which is which is good yeah I mean, that's not a bad that's a good idea absolutely um so my man Stash yep 
My man has got some skills. Oh, my God. I don't know if skills is the word that I would use or uh, well, use it in a positive light. All I know is, is that my man just uses his stash. Yeah. So he goes ahead and makes an official house visit with a girlfriend. He said, I hadn't talked to you in a little bit. You know, yeah. I don't, was, was it good? good? Uh, <laughs> he's, like, he's basically like, did it last long enough? Uh, my wife squealed like a uh, country pig when he made the comment. You know, was it good? I was just, and then oh I think she's God. like, it was delightful. It's like, well, I don't know if that was the word I was really, yeah, going really? for. <laughs> oh my Magnanimous. God. Magnanimous. <laughs> I'm walking bow legged yeah. for the last three days, you know. <laughs> you know but, oh, man. You know, classic, awesome. He's like, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm hearing some sounds upstairs. Can I have a. You know, man, come look this up. Yeah, it's just a police official police business. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, official yes, sir. sheriff. Where I was like, oh, it's in the bedroom. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was like, Stash, I, I hope you're able to connect these dots for yes. our sake. Um, do not let me down. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> and then you know, next thing we know, he's in the shower getting the call that uh, Gwen's posse has made it into the street and this is the photo you've been posting for like three this weeks this is true you know coming like, down oh. the mountain when she comes yep. you know um, one uh, little problem I had with this it was kind of a cool cool set piece of seeing this city up kind of from yeah. a hill going up it was cool seeing the people out there on the street just, just kind of stopping. looking at it like yeah. huh you know but what was your issue how do you get across the skate when we specifically made these guards having unlimited fire such a big issue this is a question. You know, they did the whole montage of the ladder over the fence, and everybody kind of went over one side ladder, went to another side ladder at night. You know, the whole little night picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had, you know, of course, they had that little speech of, "Hey, we're gonna go do this, that. Uh, don't use one bullet, you know, the wrong way. Or it's all for not what we're doing, and blah blah blah." Um, and also, shout out back to the very beginning when Haley Grimes was talking about. How he built this fence to keep us from going up. I thought that was another great line that we just kind of skipped over. Yes. Um, so there, there was you know I, I'm with you a little bit because I mean you saw how hard it was for Big Foster yeah. to get into town, and they kind of did the, just a stroll into town. I mean we had I mean nothing against Craig you know we've picked on him a little bit but uh, he's a smaller guy. Like, I mean, getting Gwen, she's pregnant. Yeah. I, I, this was a misstep. Yeah. It was a misstep. You know, I would have, I would have liked them to show them doing a distraction to make it where they can get down the mountain. You know, they're keeping them busy over here yeah. or this, that or so on. But I guess the whole night thing of going over was good enough. I mean, we got trucks and I mean, I'll drop it now. Yeah. But. I mean, it is a little thin. Yeah. It was a little thin. Um, but cool, dramatic intro. We then come down the street. And you said, I mean, this was the week of cinematic intros and her coming out. And then you seeing the people like walk past a little bit, but stop at the edge of the camera and just walk. And then we have the one guy in the car is like, yeah, I'll help you. I'll support your cause. Just get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to run over your hillbilly asses or whatever. You know. Um, but we also get a scene of big foster and company. And the stereotypical, yeah, yeah, yep. you know, and, you know, going in the four-wheelers down the truck and stuff, and down they go. Again, this was in daylight when they were coming. Mm-hmm. Where did they go to get down the mountain? 
You know, it's a very good question. Did they go to the end of the fence and come back into town? Like, did they go through that same hole they created in the fence the first time they drove through it? I, I mean, mean, I think you gotta, yeah. So I mean, eh, pretty thin, thin, thin. Okay, all right. And well, did they just drive through it like they did last time? Because, uh, or did the fence hang on for a little bit? Yeah, let's don't. I'm not revisiting that debacle. Um, so the plan is, is that they go down there, they get a crowd around them, they start yeah. talking about how we've been poisoned and they've killed two of our young. We get the police here. You know, they get police there and stuff like that. And the whole time, pretty cool little, you know, uh, Mission Impossible kind of thing where they're hiding behind houses. The cops go by and they, you know, separate and conquer. Mm-hmm. They hit the th- same two or three stores. You know, one guy gets a gun on him, but then Big Foster gets a gun behind him, and he's gentle and and everything. And so the plan looks like it's executing well. Um, here, here's my issue. Okay. How many people do you think live up top of that mountain? As in, like the ferals and everything. Correct. I mean, like the group where where we deal with via camera, you know, the the feral group. I would say there's probably about a hundred ferals up there. It, anywhere between sixty and a hundred. Yeah. In my opinion, you know, children, people, da 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 da. They are loading a truck up, and these four wheelers up, with God knows how many bags of flour, which is fine. Yes. But uh, there is not enough bottled water. The last a week for sixty to a hundred people. There's not enough that they're going to be able to carry to go up there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This right here, like you could load that entire truck up with all the bottled water that it can handle, and it's going to be gone in less than a week. Uh, I'm with you because I mean, I've seen disaster relief for store for storm victims Mm -hmm. and different things, and when they pull up a truck of bottled water, a neighborhood will wipe that out in days. I mean, you know, I I drink at least eight of those bottles a day. And like if like I just got done playing disc golf, I went through four bottles of water in an hour and a half and still dehydrated. Like that, they use water for more than just drinking. They cook with and it's some laundry and different things like that. Because like they did laundry in the bucket of water, you know, with the old piano thing. So I'm just. I mean, I understand that's that that is a temporary yeah. fix to a long term problem. But I mean, you've got enough flour for like three winters, so yeah. The the flour is not an issue. I mean, the back of that truck was loaded down with some flour, <laughs> Jack. Um, so the the water thing was really kind of a uh, kind of a problem for me. Um, but like as we were doing this, I like that at least one person ventured off the grocery list. You know, I was hoping someone would get some pepperoni or, you know, something different. <laughs> but, you know, we had got this guy coming oh, in yeah, with yeah. uh got some it? schnapps, you know, a little happiness or something. Um, I love how he's drinking it and he's like, what is it? Mostly water. And I was like, <laughs> I, I believe that. I believe that coming from a pharaoh after everything that we've seen. Yeah, I mean, realistically. But here's that authentic moment that I thought was really, really cool. When they went in that grocery store, what did you see him do when that door opened up? Get the get down and everything? He stopped and looked at that door. Oh, like, how yeah, the heck did it open opened. up on its yeah. own? I, I did catch that. Great details. Great, great details. I, I really, really like this. I thought it was really cool. 
they show this. It's just like when you see Hassel who looks at a burger for the first time or he sees, you know, what is this, yeah. you know, or what is that? Or, you know, that kind of, you, you got to pay for water, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, it was another authentic moment. And I really, really like that. And while they're in the store, they get met by a security guard. Now, this this supermarket thing has got some serious holes in it now. Yes. Okay. I thought this. I, I just feel like we had an editing snafu here. I don't know what went wrong here, but how many security guards do they have in this store? I mean, from the entire scene, it looked like we had like five different security guards. Okay. And but what, how many were in the store with Eddie and his buddy? It's what I saw was one. Yes. Okay. So let's put this in perspective. He comes out. He's got the gun. He's like freeze. The guy gets close to him with the water. I mean, the water with the booze. I think there was a second confirmed one, like as an old guy. Okay, I'm well, still there. And so they knock. You know, they knock him down, take his gun, and so on. Well, then you have the good Samaritan who rolls up. How'd you feel about that? It didn't bother me because you know what? It felt like if a you're in a country that... town, West Virginia. I think there's more than one guy who's got a pistol who wants to come help out. Yeah. But, I mean, how'd you like that it was a person outside the store coming into the situation? That surprised me. I thought it would have been better if it was a person who was in one of the aisles and decided to pull a pistol. Somebody who just walks up. Hey, what's going on? What's going on and pulls a pistol like he's coming in like Like he's John Rambo? That part feels like it's going to be more in trouble than Exactly. So, to me, that was another little bit of a missed detail Mm -hmm. on that. I would rather have somebody who's already in the store who carries normally. Um, be a part of the situation. Okay, so they get into this tussle. They knock the security guard down. They get the gun and so on. I like how he did it. You know, the old stops trick. Oh, just have a pool. Yeah. The guy, okay, Johnny Samaritan here. He gets into his athletic stance, puts the gun up, and fires before speaking. yeah. Okay. Misses a target. Down a tunnel of an aisle. This guy is not a small fella. No. He should have had Swiss cheese. He's just what he should have looked like. He should have. I was so disappointed that you did not see a bullet go through him. Someone told him special special effects going out there. Blood splatter everywhere. I'm just being honest. I mean, he shouldn't have missed this shot. No. Or the the next one or the one after. Right. You know. So people are going to say, well, you know, he's not a trained officer, this, that, or so on. If you're a guy who carries a firearm, you better be. And you are the guy who runs into a store to be Johnny Law, okay? You better you, be a sniper with that you thing. You practice with that yes. gun enough to shoot a target at 30 paces, okay? Especially one that is wearing a white, dirty shirt and as large <laughs> as he is, that is a large painted target, my friend. Oh, yes. That's something he you're looking your chops over. He should have got at least a graze of the belly. I mean, give me a break. Did he Literally hit the glass? anything. Oh, come on. So it this like bothered shown me. back there with the sniper rifle. This bothered me. Um, so then they get into a gun exchange. Philip and them run out of ammo. Hey, it's nice whenever a TV show lets somebody run out of ammo. Yeah, that's right. Because guess what? Infinite ammo is not real. No. Good detail. So the guy's like, yeah, you know, like that, you know. Got you now, and Hassel smokes him. But right before this happened... He shoots a security guard. Okay. Well, actually, did he do that before Hassel punched him? He did it before Hassel okay. punched him. Now, let's talk about this now. Security guard gets knocked out. Security guard's leaning to grab a gun. Security guard takes a bullet in the back. Was it the uh, backside, something like right, that? Right, okay. 
in a vital area. Yeah. The next scene that you see Philip and them leaving, security guard. A okay. Okay. Taped up, hat back on, by the water cooler. I did not see a second security guard. No. I only saw one. And this guy did not have a bullet wound. This guy was not was not the same person who just got shot, which I would think shot and killed. Yeah, like I thought he was dead. And okay. I was initially worried. I was like, why would they do this to the ferals and everything? But then I was like, well, they would just trace the gun back and it would come from old but boy's gun. Here's the problem. Philip, as he ran out, he picked up old boy's gun. Ah, this goes back to no. Yes, he did. I went. I rewound it three times. The guy when he got knocked out from hassle. Yeah, you're Philip right, ran Phil. up there, grabbed his pistol, and remember what she said: one bullet mm-hmm. in the wrong way can ruin this for all of us. So all you got to say now is is that a feral shot and killed the security guard. Yeah, because you don't have your gun anymore. Exactly. But here's the other problem: is is that well, is that the security guard who's dead, or is it the one who got who's duct taped up by the coolers? <laughs> So this was confusing. This was a misstep on way it was put together. Because if there was a second security guard, they didn't show him. I, he I, wasn't said, I think care I saw of. one, but it was an older gentleman. Yeah, and so like it's not fitting into. It just doesn't fit, and so I, I, I didn't get that. So they're gonna have to do some good explaining on the next yes, episode to fix this one. Um, the cops. You know, Stash makes it over to Gwen. What are you doing here? He plays dumb like they never met before. Um, she explains her plight, and then you get the call that, you know, they're all being robbed. Yeah. Um, and he realizes this is all a smokescreen, and he tells all of them to go. And she's like, our job is done here. We've, we've done our thing. Deuces. Starts to, yeah, deuces, exactly. Um, so the execution of the plan is good. And then you get the, everybody trying to escape, which everything seems well. But, of course, we get Big Foster is the one who gets tangled up with yeah, Stash. I mean, it had to be Big Foster. It, I mean, it had to be, which I, it needed to be. And I love that we gave Stash a uh, intimate knowledge of the town. I'm like, oh, he's running down this alley. I'm going to take this short. I know where he's going to end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was good. Because when we were watching it, my wife's like, what is he doing? I was like, he knows where he's going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Big Foster does Because they did it with a little bit of a spin. Like, it was a very cliche moment. But they didn't do, like, all the different camera angles or anything. They just had him pulling up. Right. And I thought that was a good way to do it. It was. It, it was more functional, more accurate. It was done better. Good stunt work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay and your guys, man, that was great. I liked how he went over there. It was an actual actor, stuntman hitting the ground and rolling. Um, I thought all that was really, really good. I really, really thought that was well executed. Um, you didn't really see the – here's my deal is that you really didn't see the concussion – not concussion, but the the impact of the four-wheeler hitting the car Yeah, like it did back in season one. Do you remember when season one, Stash's car got hit by a four-wheeler? Yes. Okay. Or when Stash hit the four-wheeler. Four-wheeler like that. Yeah. To me, season one had a much better dramatic deal because guess what? The guy died from his injuries. He did. You really couldn't and do that, that with Stash Big Foster. Up. Yeah, you really couldn't do that with Big Foster because you, you know, you're not going to kill him in a, you know, an AT wheel wreck. And so I think that's the reason they went with a much kind of a lighter version. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had an opportunity to hit the brakes and whatever. Um, so that that was that, – there's your comparison within your own show. Um, and so did you feel like this was very, uh, point break moment? It was very, very much so. Yes. There was Keanu and there was Patrick Swayze right there. And 
Um, definitely not the Gary Busey, no. and Patrick Swayze impression. No. <laughs> not that way. Um, uh, but yes, it was. You know, you could sell your. How'd you feel about it? I think Stash stole the show. Yeah. I think he did a really, really good job. I mean, he was spouting out profanities. I'm gonna blow your face off. I'm gonna knock, blow your head off. He had that I, 1911 yeah. cocked and ready. I loved how he kept going with headshots and everything. He's right. like, I'm gonna make sure. And I was like, a little bit of part of me was rooting it was gonna happen. But I'll be honest with you, I just never feared. No. The shot was ever going to happen, but I wanted it to, which is something that I, I kind of did say too. I really was like, I was really kind of like, what are they going to do here? Because I mean, me? I want that dilemma that he could have lived with because he really struggled with potentially being a reason that little Foster was in prison. How would he feel taking the law into his own hands? Right. Uh, what I do like was some of the dialogue they talking about. He goes, you know, all I want to do is people to live in peace without fear, this, that, or so on. Great line by David. It's yeah. like, we want the same. You know what I mean? And it was kind of like a slap in the face of... Like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the reason that you're being good and you've helped this, that, and so on is because they want what you want and the outside company is what's causing the riff. Yep. And, you know, and you can see him struggle with that. You see Well, him. I mean, I feel like Stash knew that just because... He hasn't wanted to go up there. He's known about the ferals and everything. Right. And so this dialogue between them was awesome. Now, when he says, I'm leaving now, I'm turning like that, he goes, you leave, I'm going to shoot you in the back. I'll shoot you in the back. But and when he does and the gun goes off. I thought he was dead. I was kind of like, oh, my God, is he going to drop to his knees and just fold right here? But, no, he kept walking. And he kept walking, and he could- shot up in the air. Um, Those bullets still have to come down, people. Like, don't, don't shoot a gun straight in the air. <laughs> All right. But so hold there, on. Like, what kind of led to this whole thing was there was a certain character yeah, who had a very um, likely coincidence happen upon them. Yeah, this was the social media buzz of people kind of complaining that what are the odds that Little they, Foster... As a secret motorcycle. A secret motorcycle. Now for and if some God, reason people you were don't like know, throwing Opie yeah. forty different directions out here. I mean, for the first eight episodes of last season, it took you what that long to not Quit see calling him as Opie? Opie? Yeah. yeah. And so like we're gonna throw this thing in there. But do you, do you with, think this was a decision to throw homage or was just completely Let's just the rule of cool, or just I didn't notice anything. I different. mean, I think it was rule of cool, uh, throw homage at it, but also he looked damn good on the bike. He did. I mean, like it, it went right back to it, and like the well, air was flowing. Most of the viewers haven't seen him on a bike before, yeah, it looked natural. Um, I mean, I thought it was a great shot, yeah. Um, but what, it, it was I a just little, them little cliche. Because we've know? never seen the motorcycle, like this thing, we got to pull the tarp off of it. and uh, Yeah. I, 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 it was, the I went with the rule of cool. Yeah. I went with the rule of cool. Um, I, I love they had the little satchel holding the double barrel shotgun. I love all that stuff. You know, I love his dialogue where he's like, you know, I've been trying to kill him my whole life. And he's like, well, yeah, he means it too. <laughs> I wish I could say that wasn't true. You know, and. Um, now, do you think he would have shot Stash? I think he knew Stash was not a killer. 
Yeah. Because if he helped him escape, he knew he wasn't a guy who was just going to kill an unarmed man. Like I said, between these three characters, I was never concerned of somebody getting shot. Now, they did shock me when the gun went off. Yes. I was like, oh, my God, they just blown me away. And I was like, no, they didn't. Okay, good, good, good. They saved that for the end. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, so the scene was really, really good. I really liked that. Um, so, it kind of cuts away to the main part of the end where – out of nowhere, Matt Myers visits. Now we kind of go in depth on this in yeah. our interview. Yes, with, yes, with and Jim, and so yeah. I, so I don't want to be, you know, he. Which I noticed this immediately is is that who in the hell throws their keys down yeah. once you're interviewed? Once, well, once you're in, 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 in the someone room. else's house, like I can understand, you know, going <laughs> home, like throwing your keys blindly, like YOLO, I'll find you in the morning. But if I'm going to someone's house or a hotel. My first instinct is not to have my keys somewhere where they're not on me. Exactly. And so you don't just – you put them in your pocket. Yeah. You don't throw them on somebody else's table and stuff. This was a huge red flag for me. Some, you know, which I, they did this on purpose and which was a good job, like sleight of hand yep. thing. And he comes in, he, you know, as we were told, trying to be the good guy and getting our vacation. Not trying to be a good guy, being the good guy, yeah. you know. And, um, and we, we talked about how, you know, he's like, hey – Here's the number of my traveling agent. She'll hook you up. You know, was that was that your first impression that he was being a good guy to get her? Absolutely you know, not. Like I, I thought this was totally thought this was this should be your final flight. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was like uh, we're, we're sending you. Oh, you're being rerouted to your, <laughs> your death. Your death. <laughs> it's like United Airlines. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to take care of her on that flight. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? uh, oh, I'm sorry. We're we're all booked over here on American. Yeah. <laughs> you're flying United by yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's. Yeah, I, I see that meme now with the flights going over and somebody's falling out of it and, and you know, overbooked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I just, yeah, that totally, that's what I was looking at. So, uh, you know, she gets him out of the room. He but steals the key card as he goes. As he's walking out and everything. Very cool. And guys, um, please check out the interview that we had with Jim. Yeah, he talks about how this went down and how crazy it was to have this scene after work. Oh man! Um, so great, great story. Haley Grimes does a great thing. She empties the salt and pepper shakers. Which she, the pepper shaker made sense to me. I was like, you know, it's going to look like pepper. Yeah, we're going to make sense. And then I was like, the clear liquid, and the, you know, it just made it look like an empty salt shaker. Okay, so I was cool with that. You know, um, and then hiding it on top in of plain that. view. You know, almost behind some you know oh. a jar and stuff. And she did do all this and stuff, and that was well done. And, but as it, soon as, uh, was it Mark? No. What's his name on the show? Jim's? You're talking about uh, Matt? Yeah, Matt. It's Matt. As soon as Matt leaves, she locks the door with the slamming thing. Yeah. the And uh, so. It's like the dead, not the deadbolt, but the, the slide lock. Yeah. That's not the slide lock, but it's that one weird lock. Yeah, right. Yeah. The but door can open, but it won't open all the way. So even though he took the hotel key and everything, how does this person get in? This is a great question. Because like that was my first. I was like, cool, he stole that key, but she locked it. So like you have to get her outside, or she's just not going to look through the peephole after she specifically locked this door? Yeah. Um, and hotels, they deadbolt on the inside as well. I, I, I don't. Yeah. This is a good question. Because, I mean... I just know because hotel. I know that hotel rooms are very secure if you're in there. 
Correct. So, um, if there's a viewer out there that has an answer, I'm all up for it because other than this, I mean, you're assuming she opened the door for whoever came yeah. to visit. Um, or that, you know, she just ordered. Are you 100% but... positive she put that lock thing on? Yeah. I mean, th- there is emphasis on it. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So there is a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. Um, we cut away from this right quick and we get stash with Letta. And she, he breaks down and kind of tells her, look, the guy who killed Brees, I had him oh, yeah. within a foot and a half of my gun to his chest. What a description. Yeah. You know, instead of saying I had my gun on him, it was like I had a foot and a half from his chest, you know, and da, da, da. Um, and I cowered out and didn't do it, you know. I was mm-hmm. proud of her lines. Like, you know, you, you're mad because you did the right thing, you know. Very you supportive. You didn't murder him, you know. You didn't do and. I thought this was good. This is a good dynamic between two characters. I thought it was well delivered. I thought they went down the right uh, pathway with absolutely, this, as you're saying, absolutely. Because if she would have turned back, being angry and stuff after everything he's done to help her, and to make sure he gets the right guy and everything, the right way, I thought this was the best way to play. Especially this was the correct way to go about it. It really, really was. And then he got the phone call. Yeah. The second, I mean, the second he got the phone call and walked out of there. I looked at my wife and I said, Haley's dead. Yep. I mean, it was that holy crap. And then we get the pan back over to the hotel room and not what I was expecting. Like, I I was expecting her to be dead, but not by suicide. Yeah. um, Because there's no one, there's no way Stash is going to believe that this was a suicide. I'm with you. I'm with you, but you know, if you're, if you are a henchman, you don't just go and kill somebody and say, and just say it's an open murder case now, because if you're a small town sheriff, then you might be able to bring in the, the big dogs with a murder. But if it's small town and somebody's hanging from their shower rod Mm -hmm. and you can put, you can spin it publicly as that she was being let go there was a false missing person thing. She's kind of lost her mind. True. You can put so much spin on that to make it where you, the idea of investigating it for anything other than a suicide is like PR nightmare. Ask United. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and so. Um, and I guess now that I think about it is the guy who set up the hit or did it himself is kind of in, in control of the books. So he'd be like, well, we can't really afford to open this up as a murder investigation. Yeah. So. You know, you put it in that perspective, there you go. But I'm going to be honest with you, man. I really struggled with this death, man. Uh, Haley Grant, Francie Swift. She killed it. She, she crushed really, it. really, really did a good job. And we were hoping to try to get her on the show to talk to her. And hopefully we still can. You know, and I, I still want her to. If I can get her for the next two weeks to try to get her on the show, it would be huge because she has brought so much to Outsiders. And... It's played such a phenomenal job for this character. And kudos to Peter Matei and them for really throwing it out there and shocking us with her death and how things are going. And well, to I mean, make no, her so redemptive first. Give her that redemptive art because we were worried in the first episode that she was already written out. Like, we didn't think she was exactly. going to make it to the third or fourth. And um, So kudos to them, but she is part of the foundation that's yes. created this amazing show. And so, if you know Francie Swift, you let her know we want to talk to her because she did a hell of a job on the show, and we want people to meet her, know her, 
and be a part of this. And one hundred percent, she great job, girl. Absolutely one hundred one hundred percent. Absolutely great job. Uh, also, want to give a shout out to Steve Tolan and Tolan FX. They made this prosthetic for her neck. I mean, most people don't realize what kind of work and effort we put it on social media. They, they show Francie Swift. And this, <laughs> she's got a terrible expression. You know, she's not real pleased about no. her prosthetic she has to wear for her being hung. But um, cool special effects. Those guys are really, really good. Dynamic. We spoke to them last year. Down to earth. Great FX. Um, Hoping we'd see a lot more of their FX next couple episodes. From the interview we just had and the ones we've had previously with all the actors and stuff, it sounds like we're going to see a lot of his special effects. Yes, which is just fine yes. by me. You know, Bring so. on all the special effects that you can. Absolutely, absolutely. So, let's talk about this preview, because that's the end of the episode. Okay. Preview really stunned me with the direction they're going in. Okay, really, really surprised. Looks like they're going to go ahead and confirm that the the black suits that take Gregory mm-hmm. are, of course, part of One Planet's guy, and that Matt is the leader of the group, and they're going to turn Gregory onto the outsiders, not the outsiders, but the Ferals, and tell him to go make friends up there, and Ooh. kind of be spy, espionage, yep. you know, the mole, whatever you want to call it. Um, Another little henchman that uh, Matt's got <sighs> under his fingertips. I'm really hoping they kind of give us some backdrop of who Gregory is because, you know, they called him, what, Thomas? Mm-hmm. And so are they going to give us that background story? Are they going to give us what we need to know, what kind of skill set this guy's got? What what does he bring to the table? Man, I hope so. But, I mean, also along with uh, Greg, or, yeah, because we don't accept outsiders when they have a voucher. And this guy's just going to walk up and immediately try to get all buddy-buddy with everybody. That's going to be a tough sell. It's going to be a tough sell, so it's going to be interesting to see how they do this. Um, I mean, they're going to have to give them access to water or something, I think. Right. Now, the preview also shows um, Stash in full Gil Grissom CSI mode. Ooh. Got the gloves on, going through the room. Doesn't believe it's suicide. Not even an inkling. Oh, no. And so... Question, is he the one who discovers the salt and pepper shakers or does somebody else for him? No, it's got to be Stash. I mean... I'm with you. I think it'd be stupid if somebody else caught him. I mean, who who are you going to invent to just be like, oh, why does the salt and pepper shaker look so weird? You know somebody we have not seen this season, which I'm disappointed? Who? We have not seen Stash's partner. The little young buck? The younger guy, you know? I, I think we saw him in the first We saw him in the first or second episode. Where in the hell has he been? You know, we gave his part to an older guy because I mean that, that's who we had. Old Man Rivers come out with the uh, gun at the yeah. Gwen's portion. Yeah, so I kind of we got to look into that. Has yeah. he been, is he gone? Is he not a part of the cast anymore? What the heck? What the Man, French I hope toast? Not. He, had a, he had a lot of one-liners and everything. Great facial expressions. Mm. Mm. I'm not feeling it. We need you back, Officer we need you Number back. One. Yes, come on back, man. We may not remember your name, but we miss you. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if Jim says that the next two episodes make this one look like Pinochle, I can't say the salvation yeah. is it's, it's, I'm it's running at the highest of, level. Ru- running out of uh, moisture and everything. <laughs> Just go Jesus. ahead and wait. And- Lord have mercy. <laughs> Guys, um, how good is this show? I mean, damn. I mean, it is that good. 
I mean, we could sit here and just sit here and get juicier and juicier about how every episode seems to be knocking out of the park and getting better and better. Um, and we wouldn't be lying. Where did they go? I don't know. I don't know how we're already 11 episodes in. And we missed a week. So, I mean, this has been yeah. 12 weeks. I know it. So, um, the only thing that could make this even more dynamic is the season three announcement um, in which, which they we, need to go ahead and do. Yeah. I mean, we may or may not have heard from a little birdie that they may or may not have heard that yeah, it should be, be coming this week. week. Who knows? But I will tell you this. There is one good excitement. We will have it on social media start tomorrow, and that is our giveaway. Ooh. We will be doing a giveaway for fans uh, of Outsiders and Bleed TV. Um, we have been very fortunate. We've been kind of hitting around it on this, but I want to let you all know it will be on social media and where you can, you know, you can enter and we'll give you the rules and stipulations for it. Very simple to do. Um but the bottom line is, guys, we have been fortunate enough to be able to get two prizes. Uh, they were donated to us by one of the amazing, amazing prop masters for the show, um, Jamie McMichael. He creates a lot of the set pieces for the show and was generous enough to give us one. And it is what is a true, authentic mobile, an outsider's mobile, which mm-hmm. it is the coolest thing. It's made of some of the most coolest, authentic thing. It's got real bones, feathers. Uh, I mean, guys, this thing true looks so leather. good. We were debating on whether or not to continue to give it away. Yeah, we almost told him that we lost it in the yeah, mail, and, and he just, just never kept it reached in my destination. Um, but it is unbelievable. That is the grand prize to have an authentic piece from outsiders. That you get to hang at the house. I mean, I've seen this thing. It's got literally jawbones yes. hanging from it. It's unreal. It's fantastic. Um, I really don't want to give it away. But then the other thing is, is that we have some framed original concept art for the show. One of them is a, an amazing drawing of Lady Ray holding an animal, and another one is one of the. Um, I wouldn't call it hieroglyphs, but one of their carvings they put on the sides of yeah. different things. Um, it was actually done what looks to be on brown sack paper. I mean, it is really, really cool. Uh, we're going to get some pictures of these up on social media so y'all can see them. I mean, another example of something else I really don't want to give up because these are one-of-a-kind items. Um, I can't – I mean, I, don't, I can't put a value on them. I no. mean, th- there is no other drawing like this. This I is mean, the original. And if very impressive. If you really love the show and everything, you're going to want to sign up and try to win these prizes. There's no doubt. And there's absolutely no doubt. So, so what do they have to do? Well, we're going to do a couple different ways you can enter. You know, we're, every time you, you do, either you uh, give us a, a, maybe a positive review or you befriend us. Or different, there's a different sets of criteria. We also have Twitter things we're going to do. Uh, multiple ways to enter. Some ways give you more opportunities. Uh, and we're going to narrow that down to have that guys for you tomorrow. So be looking out. Looking forward to the response. And we're also going to use it as a way to promote the show. Yes. You know, and so that's our biggest goal is that we love this show. We want to get more involved with it, more people involved with us so we can continue to help promote it. And so it's mutual beneficial. And so remember, watch this show when it comes on live, record it. Let's try to get it the best numbers we can in these last two weeks so we get that secured season three. Absolutely. Absolutely. But guys, it'll be next week. Looking forward to hearing from you guys again all week with the show uh, and the contest. And we're going to be doing the contest all the way up to the season finale and announce winner. And we'll go from there. But other than that, guys, this is Blue TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And we'll see you guys next week.
Hey guys, this is Eddie Beveridge. I play Philip on Outsiders. You're currently listening to Bleed TV. Not only the best, but my favorite podcast out there. Hey everybody, this is Jay Adams. I'm double for Ryan Hurst, and you're listening to Bleed TV Podcast. Hey, this is Barrett Hackney. I play Butch on Outsiders. You're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. It's Tina. I play Sharon on Outsiders, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. Hi, this is Lori Clatcher. I play Emily. We're listening to Bleed TV Podcast. Hey, this is Tariq Lowe. I play James on Outsiders, and you're listening to Bleed TV Podcast. Yeah! This is Rebecca Harris. I play Letta on Outsiders, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. This is Mark Jeffrey Miller. I play Craig on The Outsider, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Bleed TV. Bleed TV. 